What's that? <laughs> oh, you're talking to Alexa, right? Good morning. Oh, Justin, I wish I could play sonnets. God, be satisfying. Ooh, that's sexy. I don't see anything. Did you press record? I did. Now, now it's recording. <laughs> Somehow. We- Okay, do it again. But it is recording. It's just the video that doesn't record. Yeah. Breathe it out. Three, two, one. Sometimes I just miss my own hands, I think. Like, I used to be coordinated and play sports, and now, like... Floppy cat hands. (laughs) The cat... (laughs) It's my cat hands. Cad caps. Do you send your your significant other friends, like, all cad cap text? Shouting cat speak. Mm Mm-hmm. Cad caps. Mm. Yeah. What's happening? Um, I was the lucky person to find a bug in the Fanuc post that crashed the YCM yesterday. Mm. Rapid, lucky, plunge, yeah. rapid plunge straight Z pulverized a three-eighths carbide tool straight into the palette. <laughs> Oh no, which, not your beautiful shiny palette, I hope. Not the big one, but a new one that I was making for the risers. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm bugger. still digging through. So far, I think nothing is wrong. I have not machined anything. The spindle, as far as I can tell, without like more sophisticated tools of like a ball bar attached or something, I don't even know. Never had to do this before, but... Like mm. the run out on the tapers, fine. Tools run mm-hmm. out, fine. It seems to be decently XY oriented to the table, and like my palette didn't move as far as I can tell. The only thing that seems to have changed, which is real creepy, is all of my tool heights are now like six thou, what, 0. 0.006 longer than they should be. So I'm retool hiding all my tools and they're all averaging. Mm. I'm keeping a spreadsheet roughly six thou longer. So that tells me that something moved. Not a good yeah. feeling. So it was a hard vertical crash. Yeah, I'm a, I, I, this is why I wanted my Shoot. audio to play because I will, uh, you can hear it here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh my god! <laughs> right, it shook, it shook the machine, like mm. the camera in that room shook that, that I got that audio from. And Ricky came running and yelling, "Are you all right?" He's like, "That was afterwards." Yeah. He's like, "That was the scariest noise I've ever heard here. It's like the first scary thing mm. I heard." And I was like, "Yeah, it it was pretty terrible. Like pretty terrible noise." Sheesh, rough, rough afternoon. Was- like. Shook my entire mm. confidence in all of Fusion, like, all I knew about machining, because I was just like, Here, here's the crazy part. It simulates fine still. There's no simulation errors. It is yep. literally a bug in safe start all operations, which I started using last week, so you could restart mid-program. So it cancels all, all things at the beginning of a, of a program, so like each operation. So I was doing a flat operation with the 3 8 NML, and then it was going to a 2D contour with the same tool, the same file. And it safe yeah. started there at the top of the operation. 
So it canceled all the offsets, brought it up to the top. But instead of setting the tool offsets again, it first rapided straight down to the wrong height plane because there was no tool height offsets until after the rapid move. Right. And apparently I'm the first one to figure this out in all of the Fanuc Post users of Fusion. I don't understand how, how? how that's possible, how that but I, I'm i the look. I, I hope I get a bonus for that, I, like a white hat <laughs> hacker reward. What are you basing that on? Well, I immediately posted to the Autodesk Slack. I was like, yeah. hey, so this real bad thing happened, and I'm pretty sure I didn't do it, which was weird, first of all, to like, have you ever had a crash where you the operator didn't cause it? Because I haven't. <laughs> no. And so a couple of the developers immediately jumped in and were like, ooh, yeah, that's in every Fanuc post and Matt Sura and a couple others in our repository. Oh. So somehow nobody else has done safe start with like multiple tool, like whatever that clause is seems wow. to be flawed. And they're like on a fast fix binge. But the other th- side of that is like, I didn't realize there was a place to look for change notes for posts in Fusion. I never even thought about it. I never would have thought yep. like my working post was needing updates because I don't yeah, pull them yeah. down. I just use the one nah. always. You, you so, just pull it and use it, right? Mm. Yep. So I put a link to link to where you can check for those. So if you, if the, I'm sure they'll fix it after this. Today's October 26th. But if you use a Fanuc or a Matsura or a Sill or a couple others, supposedly most of those, if you're using safe start all operations, you can crash your machine because it puts the offsets out of order, the, the correct code parameters. So, ah, fun, fun, fun afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay. I was making such good progress, too, and it just, like, shattered my world for a while. Yeah. It's so disconcerting. I've only ever had very minor post issues, mm-hmm. but just, like, really little things, like 2D, not 2D contours, the other one <laughs> the one that mm. fills the space you know what's that called <laughs> <laughs> that's 3D printing Jim <laughs> uh, 3D parallel maybe or like a adaptive like adaptive clearing no it's just a 2D 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 pocket let's guess all the operations I had a post issue on our on Cameron where just had some really weird glitches where pockets would, you know, simulated right, but mm-hmm. then the cut, depending on the part geometry, it would just step down in weird little ways, kind of like ghost in the machine. It's just, it wasn't a big deal. Didn't, you know, didn't lose anything, didn't break tools, but like so disconcerting to have a machine like misbehave. It is. Because it's really of a post issue. Really strange. Like, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate this, but I legit felt like I saw, like, a car crash for a bit. Like, no, obviously nobody died. Oh, yeah. It just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. such adrenaline and, like, it it shook the floor. Like, it was just very jarring. I don't understand. Like, if it comes out of this unscathed, except for, like, a little bit of Z change, which, hmm. what, did bolts move? Did I stretch the casting? I don't really know. Like, not good. Hmm. I'll be pretty surprised if nothing's really wrong with it for how hard it is i sent you not that you have to watch it right now but some photos and a video of of it happening <laughs> cool thanks 
don't know if I want to hear that noise again. Mm, Even yeah. like the lo-fi version of it coming through this is frightening. So where, where's it at now? Are you just still resetting everything? Yeah, this morning I was between talking with Autodesk and going through, I'd gotten kind of a nice checklist from Al at Fusion to, on what? I was like, I don't even know where to start here. Like, what am I checking? Like, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you kind of have to be around a crash to know what to check for, I think. And I never had anything to this extent. Just, yeah, dial indicated that like the machine to like the table, which I never had before in that way. Mm-hmm. And like then checked the palette to see if it had moved off of, but it's like dead on, like indicator like doesn't even move when I'm run- sweeping it. I checked. I'm just now currently in the state of going through each tool, logging what it said in a spreadsheet for tool heights, and then measuring it again. And they're averaging almost exactly six thou. Every one of them. Like, it'll be like like four thou, six thou. Something's moved, huh? If this was like a Kern or, you know, something pricey, this would be many digits (laughs) to, to fix, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, how's your how's your week? <laughs> well, nothing, nothing of that level of excitement. By any means, I guess that's good. Yeah, no, no crashes. We did have a machine down over the weekend. Had a tiny little part under Trinity. Trinity's kind of got more advanced vacuum hold down than Cameron. Oh, and she's got vacuum zones. Cameron's mm-hmm. just like all in. Mm. Hoovering the full surface, whereas Trinity we can select. I think the quadrant. Oh, interesting. Oh, sorry, microphone. Can mm-hmm. select quadrants, which is actually really, really useful because you can kind of just switch on the bottom left quadrant and get like amazing yeah, yeah. full, full power just in one spot. But yeah, one of the solenoids that controls one of the zones dropped out on the Wednesday or Thursday last week. So we had, uh, I think, two two days. With that machine down, waiting for a tech to come out and replace a two dollar part. So we now have some spares of that little cheap part that we can replace ourselves. Oh, it's cheap. For next time, the part itself. You know, it's I'm exaggerating. It's not a two dollar part, but yeah, you know, it's a small, just pneumatic nice. solenoid that failed. So we, we should be able to do that ourselves next time because I think that's the second time, second or third time, one of those has failed. I feel like that I hear those, maybe it's like Saunders talking about it, but that those failed somewhat frequently, but maybe that's not yeah. true. I don't know. I don't know. They're pretty simple little things. Yeah. Anyway, so Trinity was down for a few days, and Trinity is kind of our main production machine these days, while Cameron's been locked up machining this acoustic panel job. Oh, yeah. We've had a lot of lot of work doing that contract machining of that acoustic wood wall stuff this mm. month. Heaps more than usual. So Cameron's pretty much just been a dedicated setup, making a mess, machining that nonsense. And so, yeah, losing our main production machine was a bit of a hindrance this month. But I think Johnny's catching up now, getting back cool. on track. And, yeah, we've been a little bit short-staffed with people away, but Hasn't been too bad. John's been keeping a handle on production management with Ben overseas at the moment. Hmm. And uh, yeah, no. Production's going pretty well. 
That's good. Kind of smoothly, smoothly, which is, you know, always feels, still feels weird to me when things are just like going smoothly. <laughs> What's mm-hmm. wrong? What if, what have we missed? Enough people to pay attention to all of it. Yeah, just, just could do with another couple of people at the moment, but they'll be back soon. Otherwise, what are we doing? We've had a terrible month of sales. Same. We're like half of what last was. Yeah. Which was, that was like one of our best ones ever. So, but that's like so characteristic of like, I just swear I'm always two years ago, maybe you were, maybe before pandemic, where it was just like steady. We'd get the same amount every month ish, maybe a couple thousand off. Now it's just. Mm. Yeah. 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 I reckon we're seeing greater variability too. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's market a market thing. It really depends who you talk to. Like some people are like, oh yeah, of course, it's because of the economy, blah 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 blah, spending habits. And then other people are like, mm, nope. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I haven't changed my spending habits. So did we ever talk about know. this? I don't know where I probably think I found it on TikTok, maybe. But I found this marketer. It's called Stacked Marketer. I'll put a link to it Stacked. if you're interested. I don't read it all, but it's like a daily email for marketers, which I okay barely find myself approaching that. They often have really interesting, like kind of big announcement news about like you know Instagram's going to start doing this or like that yeah, kind of stuff. Nice. Or like you should look at this type of new, you know, real ad or TikTok yeah, is now cool. doing this creepy thing. Or Yeah, that's the kind of thing it, I need to sign up to. It's a lot, honestly. Like, I barely scan. Mm. Usually I, like, scan it. But sometimes there's some really good stuff in there. But they, I think yesterday it said something. Oh, no, 3 a.m. today. The subject's <laughs> slowing. Good morning. It's slowing down. A big number of tech companies shared their Q3 earnings this week. There's some good and bad news. The bad Google's advertising revenue dropped, Microsoft's dropped, Spotify dropped. So mm. it seems like it's not just us that have weird slowness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not even weird. No. Just is, huh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, slow months there. Trying to we've got a couple of days left, so we've done a little campaign, dropped put free shipping on everything yesterday so i'll try and promote that today to get a few more web sales in in the door and what else yeah just chasing up a few custom leads to try and close those out for the end of the month but yeah Yeah. i don't know i feel like i'm just sort of in a world of social media metrics and premiere i had like crazy fever dreams on the weekend i think i must have been fighting a bug (laughs) or something i was my daughter was sick and I must have got a bit of what she had and mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday night I just had these horrible cyclical fever dreams of like Descript Premiere. Why am I why am I editing in Premiere? I should be editing in Descript. And it was just like this cycle of like Descript, 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 Premiere, Descript. <laughs> like all night long. It's pretty horrible. Anyway, I got in Monday and I was like, okay, maybe I should do something about that. And I did, I ran some, like, dropped the same 4K footage into Prem and into Descript and was just yeah. comparing sort of functionality and yeah. playback speed. And uh, Descript, Descript was struggling, to be honest. It takes some time for the clips to kind of yep. 
load or what buff process or whatever they're doing in the the magic descript cloud and also then the just editing playback with that 4k footage was a little bit slow and clunky whereas in prem i'm finding on this computer in prem it's just like perfect playback i can scrub (laughs) it's quite fast but i do really like the editing workflow in descript though so So fast like yeah, like the speed of what I mean, it's totally different to edit a podcast than like one of your our marketing videos where it's more like you're, you're thinking more and like oh I got to put this clip here and just you know speed through it basically. But like the speed of which you yeah. can cut stuff out and like move through it, like I love this the zoom and like using the keyboard yeah. commands and yeah. Oh, it works so they so do beautifully okay. with even just little things like trackpad functionality versus mouse functionality is just like really intuitive in Descript and Premiere. It's you could like zoom is a bit weird and like unresponsive. Anyway, it sucks when I'm like I usually end up editing the podcast in bed with inverted <laughs> color mode because I'm like oh I gotta edit this tonight and it just. <laughs> Just chews through battery compared to everything mm. else, which is surprising. Excuse me. <laughs> oh dear. No, I can't I can't talk. My editing is usually late at night too. Yeah. Speaking of, we're trying to change that. How are we trying to change we are. that? <laughs> He just slipped into like script, just in script mode. Hey, that's trying to change that. I've been reading a script the whole time. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Should we shout out to our inaugural? Yeah. I don't oh, know. Bro, Is yeah. that appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> He's been a good supporter of everything I've done lately. Oh, that's sweet. It's a good dude. Wow. If he's your dude. Oh. Thank you, Scott. Scott. Over to you, Justin. So we're starting a Patreon. We've started a Patreon for Parts Department, and this isn't like some money grab because podcasts don't usually make money, right? Especially these kinds. So there's a few costs with the show, hosting and editing software and our time to do it, which we kind of just wash away. But it is a lot of time, and we're trying to find enough money here so that we can have a podcast editor so that we don't have to do it anymore because we enjoy doing it. We enjoy talking, but it is a decent amount of time to make a an output every month. So we have a few tiers that for what you're comfortable with, and there'll be a link below. But one of which I think my favorite tier is at $10 or higher, you get a secret show episode, which will be, <laughs> I think we're thinking like every month. And it'll be, yeah. you've, you've had a lot of thoughts about well, what do you think we'll have in the secret show? I would like to just go a bit more in depth with financial stuff because something that frustrates me in life, but particularly in this sort of content, is people not going quite deep enough for my liking mm-hmm. or not sharing things. And so I'd like to be able to sort of share a bit more about, you know, how much did we spend on digital marketing last month and what did that yeah. result in, which I don't you always feel comfortable going to that level of detail in a regular yeah. episode. But yeah, perhaps in that sort of bonus content episode with a much smaller audience, then that would be mm-hmm. a fun fun thing to touch on. So for me, yeah, it's talking finances in more depth. Yeah. 
Yeah, or maybe like sharing the intimate details of how your machine crashed. <laughs> Which I already did, but yeah, hopefully it just doesn't intimate. happen again. Yeah. Bring you inside. <laughs> Come yeah, inside so the mail room with Justin. We've, we've been kind of teasing the, the details of it for trying to figure out, you know, how to make it something that you all would want to support. And, um, you know, we're a fairly small show, but we get a lot of comments from people appreciating it so we like to think of it i think i like to think of it i think we've talked about this it's like business therapy for gemini and (laughs) i guess my pitch to you is like this is a very cheap business therapy for you as well hopefully it's way cheaper Mm -hmm. than hiring a consultant if you support a patreon (laughs) for a podcast so make it a donation that's expensible yeah yeah so thank you thank you scott bennett of house fish design mm-hmm. thank you scott first he we had some stories and he was the first to jump on it without any question which is how he has been supporting our new products too i think he has a shop saver similar to ours and he's bought a couple of our newest things within a couple minutes of them going live so i've appreciated that awesome <coughs> super cool yeah yeah all right well the other thing i'd say we're not intending to change the show don't freak out no This is going to stay the same. We're just going to probably go a little deeper on a few things. The other option, I think the highest tier we have right now, $25, there's going to be... All right. So at Don's DeBurr's at $25 a month, have a quarterly hangout as well. So does does Gems Robots at $10 a month. So the $25 a month also gets you random surprises, which we can't tell you about, obviously, because then they wouldn't be random. But pick what you feel comfortable with, and we appreciate it either way. Yeah, no, any support would be amazing to feed the editing beast. The editing effort. Yeah, the beast. Don's getting tired. Cool. It's poor Don. Poor Don. It, 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 it's coffee time. <laughs> yeah. I made anyway. two coffees this morning. I've got them mm. lined up on my desk. For one, one gets cold, I can work onto the down. next. No, it's mine. <laughs> So I went to a trade show yesterday. Was it local? No, it was in Melbourne. Well, I guess that's local, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seems seems local enough, I uh, guess. Local enough, yeah. I went to a trade show about waste. Ah. Which was interesting. It was kind of, you know, it was big boy waste. Mm. You know, big recycling Big plant soil reclamation shredders for like huge metal, you know, recycling lines and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to see a bunch of sort of big industry stuff, but also had some good conversations with people about, you know, met a couple of companies that potentially take something like our sawdust product whether it's pre-compost or post-compost, but like people that could potentially deal with the volume of sawdust that we generate. Hmm. That's cool. Um, People that sell shredders, some of which were potentially small enough or suitable for us to be able to, because we, you know, we're holding all the sawdust that we generate with the aim to compost it, turn it into soil. But then we're still putting, you know, all the smaller, useless little scraps of plywood and stuff in the bin, which is going to landfill, which we don't, we ultimately we want to get rid of landfill completely. Yeah. 
And one way to do the vast majority of that would be to shred all those smaller offcuts down to a size that they could then be fed into the compost stream if mm-hmm. we can get this compost thing up and running. So, yeah, getting some prices on shredders. I think the cheapest one was about $40,000, but, you know, it was good to see one operating and get a sense of scale and investment yeah. and stuff like that. I'm sure there's cheaper options out there, which might be more suitable for us. But So this could yeah. intake, like, plywood and, like, chunk it up into, like... Then you pel- do you could you like compact it or is that a completely different type of machine? Yeah. It's also forty thousand dollars. Another, that's another forty k. <laughs> yeah. I think. I know this. This just shreds it. So you know, yeah. Like when you're packing a bin with random offcuts off the CNC, it tends to be pretty inefficient in terms of space. Yes. Yeah. So first and you know, first and foremost, it would just reduce our volume. It's not like mm-hmm. we're throwing out any less, but it would re- reduce the volume in the bin, which is a small bonus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the, the main thing for us would it would achieve is just being able to switch where that waste output's actually going and put it into yeah. our compost stream. So, That's cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Looked at, they had like a clean energy expo next door, so I had a quick look at some like th- three-phase battery systems that could potentially be tacked onto our solar system here because at the moment we feed excess solar back to the grid but we get a very small return for that feed in so if we could store that energy and use it ourselves it'd be much more valuable so down the track i'd love to get a battery pack but again it's a big investment yeah so yeah did they put this 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 expo on for you specifically because yeah yeah yeah. like it seems like it's very suited to your interests (laughs) No, there were heaps of people there. Like, that's good. It was it was interesting walking in and trying not to be like I'm not a cynical person, but like in this sort of area, yeah. a little part of me goes like, "Oh, there's so much money in this." You can just smell the money, like the sort of people trying to capitalize on the sort of clean energy movement. But also yeah. just like how to how to put more shit in the ground for uh, for less Different, money, like differently, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to how to so bury shit differently? But yeah, that's good. Good. It was just nice to get away from the workshop too. Oh man, just I bet. take a jaunt by myself in the car. Had no other appointments. I dropped in, had a cup of tea with Sarah in the Melbourne office. Had a nice mm. chat. It was good to see her in a native habitat and yeah. yeah. That's a good day. Sounds nice. It's nice so that you can like studies. do that and not feel that, you know, if you've got the situation, which we've talked about at length, how you aren't integral. You're not running the machines every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can leave and stuff. Stuff's fine and people are getting stuff done and it's nice. Yeah, I'm pretty useless. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you got the cubby. The cubby. I'm designing some new cubbies, actually. Mm. Having been enjoying my cubby so much, I want everyone else to have a cubby. <laughs> Please tell me you're building, like, small portable offices. <laughs> almost, almost. They all come with a <laughs> piano that plays sound clips. <laughs> no, our, our main client, who I've talked about a little bit, we have weekly design sessions together, which often end in whiskey. And uh, I see why you like them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> we just hang out in his child's cubby and drink whiskey at the end of the day. Um, what? It's a good thing. No, yeah. we've been working on, we share a lot of IP. So like his product design feeds into ours and ours feeds into his. It's kind mm. of one of the few client relationships where I'm quite happy sharing like threading and clip crate technology to sort of assist because it's yeah. very bi-directional. Anyway, what was I going to say? We were working on a little, I'm doing some work on the office here to try and make it a bit more useful for the guys. Now that we have quite a, you know, heavy admin component mm-hmm. to our business, like Jay, yep, yep. Aaron spends a lot of time in the office doing sales. Jay's full time in the office. Like I'd like to make the office a little bit nicer because it's always just been really ad hoc and I'd like to give people a little bit more sort of sound privacy and just like the ability yep. to get put blinkers on and focus when they need to. So I've been mm-hmm. working on some little like office pod things using yeah, Trader cool. and what woven cells. So it's been a fun little project and I'll try and prototype one of those in the coming week, I think. Yeah. Be good. Very fun. Yeah. Hmm. Those, be, what's what are you guys banking at the moment? What's Ricky? We working are on? making more dust boots. Hmm. Great. Just had a rash of sales in the last couple of days, which is nice. And we were just about out. Okay. And they're, they just go in spurts. It's like, I swear, it's like mm. every, they, they get seen at the same time or I don't know what happens, but making those. You keeping, mm, are you keeping the printers busy? They, we've, we're, we're ahead for a bit there. So they've been sitting. They'll probably start up again. We only have basically one working one. I'm still working with okay. Carissa on trying to get the other one to work again. So it's been good to have two. And actually, the second one is now having Y crashes as well. And oh, no. I don't understand, like, what causes this because it's not the same files. And just, like, suddenly it had, like, 50 Y crashes. I don't know. Mm. And, they, they like, Bruce's support's there and helpful. They're always willing to help. But you can sit for an hour and go through all the same diagnostic checks and, like, tests. And then, like, I have to leave or Ricky's got to go work another job or, like, we get to this place where we're like, well, check on this and come back to us. And then we have to like kind of start over the next time with a new person. It's like never consistent, yeah. like, yeah. which is, I get it, but it's also like, man, there's got to be some better way that we've been working on this for like seemingly like six weeks. Cause it's like whenever we have enough time, somebody will jump into fixing that again. And my fix of the week is now the mill. So hopefully it's fine and we'll move forward. I guess, oh, here's a question just to come back to that. The thing I keep thinking about, I mean, we're pretty, not to, not to steal from the secret show, but we're pretty, you know, cash tight right now with like waiting for a new product and spending a lot of R&D money on the new product stuff, thinking it was going to be out, which it's not, as I thought in October. Would you, if you were me, have a tech come in to look at this thing at this point? Um, gut feeling, quick response. No, and I think because, yeah, if you're cash tight, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's not crucial. Like, it's not like you've got a product. I know it's crucial to this new product line, but it's not like you've got a product line that was already in production on the machine. Yeah, yeah, that'd be different for sure. Then you'd be like, right, how do I get this back online as quickly as possible? But because you're still in that kind of pre-launch R&D yeah. mode to some extent. I guess that gives you a li- little bit more time whether you w- yeah. want to spend that time or not. 
Yeah. As far as I can tell, what we would suffer from is accuracy or like, I don't think there's anything that could be further broken because the spindle sounds great. Great. So I think it could be just more like tweaking diagnostic stuff that I don't fully understand. And it seems I'm hoping by the end of the day, I'll know whether or not cutting more stuff came out right. But I also don't like have a CMM to check all of it anyway. So I never was planning on that kind of thing. Like if it sounds all right and sort of checking out mechanically, then like why not just get it back online and run parts? That's what I'm thinking too, man. As quickly as possible, like get it cutting chips again as quickly as possible so you can verify. And then if you find anything really weird, then you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which Then you call the techs in. Yeah. I can even. Yeah. Still, my probably least capable machinist skills are metrology. I just don't have a lot of metrology tools. And also it just wasn't really a thing with the router. So I spent most of my years not being concerned with any other than like a cheap caliper, (laughs) you know, like nobody, (laughs) nobody cared. So I think my concern at this point is I was in the middle of making a fixture that I have to like, I'm bringing the height down on all of it and leaving one of those areas that the, the bits I'll probably share some photos, but the bit is injected into, and I'm just, luckily, that was just an extra alignment pin area for this mm, bar that great. goes on it. But my concern is, like, if this machine isn't square and, like, tight now, and I'm making a fixture, then everything after that is shit, potentially. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Just kind of got to roll with it, I guess. Tell a, it's got a tell probe a, in it, right? You've got a reinsure or something. Can you put one of your pellets that you've already made back in it and probe mm. it probably to try and work out if there's anything yeah like because yeah, that's kind of your the pellet you've just made is kind of a known dimension should be known location on the bed mm-hmm. yeah if you can then probe that, that can tell seem to have stretched verify that stretched other than that z stretch maybe you could verify like x y yeah. And variance in Z by probing the pallets that you've just made. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody has some ideas. I'll, I'm going to keep... Autodesk has been pretty helpful, and I'll keep reaching out to That's other great. people, I think, that have experience smashing machines and <laughs> what to do with them. So <laughs> other than that, I was, like, crushing it. I felt like I had... I just felt like I made a ton of base parts nine different parts in one day like on friday it was just like i made all of the sizes and all of the new parts we needed in like two-thirds of a day which was crazy fast for how fast i was moving with all the rest of it with just like i don't know it just suddenly clicked and that that last palette of fixtures just went super well and so i was moving on to the next one and had this weird issue so anyway hmm you want to support the boys of the parts department podcast, right? Starting right now, you can go show your support on Patreon. Jem and Justin consider this their weekly therapy. You should too. Even Tony Soprano went to therapy. Where else will you hear the screaming wails of a YCM mill call it deep in some aluminum? Hooyah, CNC machines, businesses, Airtable, Fusion 360, timber milling. Stop fiddling with your bits and put some money down. You can expensive it as your business therapy. $10 a month gets you the secret show in the quarterly hangout. Too rich? Sign up at $5 a month. Just do it now. What, what's up with threadboard? Are you... Not much. 
Not much at all. I haven't, yeah, it's been really failing to make time for R&D. I've been quite focused on making videos for like web and marketing purposes, which feels crazy. What am I doing? I mean, I can see both sides though. It's like both are what you're supposed to be doing. And like, I suppose if I would use your medicine against you that you've you've injected into me is do a little of both each mm. day. Yeah. Which is, uh-huh. which has been helpful. And I've kind of ignored, I basically have been completely locked into like finished pedestals. But like, mm. you know, when I do do the a little bit every day, I do feel like that's the best outcome of how I can work and how I feel. I feel like I've done all the right things every day versus yeah. when I'm just like sucked into one process. I'm like, Oh, what did I do? I'm like, you feel like you're like, unconscious a little bit yeah 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 no i'm in that space at the moment just a little bit too obsessive about it and then at the same time trying to keep myself consistent so i'm like when i have those doubts about like what am i doing just making instagram videos for a job this is crazy it's like no gem it's only been a couple of weeks just hang tight head down keep going are they working Uh, that was the question but i need to i need to reset my default diary well i mean nothing really is working in sales at the moment so who knows yeah 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 but yeah, no, I got heaps of things on my to-do list and some fun ones on there too. So, boom. I had a weird thought the other day as we were packaging up all the duck towers that we shipped, which was sweet. All the first round went out yesterday and the UPS driver pulled up to pick up and I had accidentally mistaken which day I was shipping some of them. So he thought he was picking up three <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh no, I need to go get the truck. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But I was thinking about, this is kind of a... A next level, probably maybe something that you could get into. We were talking about job costing, and I kind of relate that to how I price products and the profitability of them, especially related to like this stack of unprofitable products. And (laughs) in particular, when you have a more complicated to package prep for shipping product, Mm -hmm. like that almost has to be accounted for in the cost of the product, right? Like, absolutely. And it's like something that you were saying you don't account for your packaging costs, but it's like, I, I will do like a vague number of packaging costs, but I've never consciously thought like, oh, it's taking Ricky two thirds a day to pack all these boxes. That's not mm. accounted for in any way, you know, like cost yeah. wise. It's just kind of always been like, oh, I'll do it, you know? Yeah, you got to get that time in there. I mean, I can't talk. Yeah, as you say, we've excluded CNC time for carton cutting, which is silly, but certainly that time that it takes to package a product bundle put it in a carton, even just like booking the courier, getting the customer details right, booking the courier, like all of that just eats time. Oh, yeah. We've gotten better at it over the years and we have more templates, you know, like where we log in and book the jobs and stuff like that. But still, yeah. Mm-hmm. It eats hours and has to be part of the product price, I reckon. It's, it's an interesting, we made some pretty cool packaging for those parts (laughs) i accidentally ordered catering boxes for the duck towers to ship in so it looks like we shipped lasagnas to people with like our packaging tape on it it ended up working great because if you just would have put some paper in there they would have smashed around and hit each other and like i was saying last week so Mm. it came out perfect my friend chester cut us some cardboard for it and uh, ricky designed it it's folded up and it went out super well I guess I don't. I have, I've only heard one person that has received it locally so far. So 
I'm hoping it gets to everybody. I just struck me. I was like, man, so if you had a really complicated to pack product, it absolutely is costing more than anyway, I'm rehashing, but it hit me. No, no. The first time. I get to. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do your product pricing? Are you in just a spreadsheet a, or what? Make a spreadsheet. I kind of usually yeah. copy like the most recent or one that makes sense. And then all most of those things tend to work. And then I update the things that don't and don't update it frequently. But although, you know, the cost of things has changed so much, you know, all over the place that it feels like you need to kind of keep updating it more often now than I used to. Yeah. <laughs> like we sold one of those CNC carts that we've had on our, on our shop. Somebody bought like two of them, oh, yeah. which was random because <laughs> we never sell them. And they had Baltic or like Russian birch pricing from oh, Baltic no. birch pricing from like pre-pandemic oh, in no. that cost of. So I literally had to just, it was like one of the first times I just can't, I just emailed the customer. I was like, I can't take this order sorry like we would be paying oh. you to take this wow. and i updated the price and they it seemed kind of like a scam almost because like the person never responded at all anyway maybe they just mm. didn't see it but you would have thought if they can't they bought something and then it didn't ship they would be concerned too but anyway it almost doubled in cost oh yeah because of that yes yeah, gone are the days of baltic birch yeah we've we've got all of our product pricing in Airtable, which yeah, at times yeah. feels like a real chore, but it's yeah. from in that respect of being able to keep it updated with changing material prices because it's all linked to our inventory. It's been really good just being able yeah. to cross-check and look at the variance of like, cool, heat bone just went up 5%. What does that do to this product? Okay, it's still within the right margin. Let's not fiddle with that price for now but review it again in six months and see does it go as does it go as far as each product pulls in its own cost and that gets fed into shopify yeah oh my god that's amazing it's manually pushed to shopify like we have to it doesn't you know if a material price gets updated in inventory it's not like shopify it suddenly gets new prices we have to consciously go right we're going to update the five upright set of shelves push you know push this one because that one's now we're losing money on that or whatever it is but yeah it is all linked which is nice just a little overwhelming at time that's where i always find myself like we tried to do that with nacquil which frankly like andy built it and it was a good he did nothing wrong but it was so complicated to mess with that i just never touched Mm -hmm. it i think i've talked about this before so now everything the way i'd always done it which I, I would like this Airtable system, but frankly, if it's going to stifle me from working on a new product now, I'm just like, nah, I'll make a spreadsheet, a Google sheet. I can update at any time and it's not linked <laughs> in any fancy ways. It's super easy to, to modify and edit and create and it's all a little bit more manual, but we don't have a million things. I'm sure at some point mm. that'll become a problem, but just hasn't been worth it to yeah. try. Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. I'd like yeah. it to be a little better than that. Yeah. Ricky's here. Ah, Hello. Ricky. What's my applause button? Uh, okay. Beer. Uh, I don't really have anything else, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah. Beer. Pretty good. Sounds yeah. good. Nice. Hmm? This is where I could wish I could just play us out with a little song. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. You could just have a song that looks like piano playing and you're just like miming it.
play like Elton Jim. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure there's a function for that. Cool. All right. Well, are you back to the mill? Yeah, I'm going to finish measuring offsets. tools and then make yeah. sure that my pallet remachining works. They don't want to cut carbide with carbide. I don't think that works very well. But it pulled it, it so far in there and it broke that I actually can machine on top of it and not hit it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow. And somehow it didn't. Like the first thing Ricky said when he came in is like, did it hit the Pearson base? And I was like, picked it up and I was like, oh my God, it didn't go through. Like it just, it's it's going to be entombed in that. <laughs> yep. Forever. <laughs> Always uh, staring at you. Yeah. Anyway, if you have advice on recovering your mill from a crash, I'd love to hear it. Mm, and look for your Fanuc, Fanuc, and Matsura, Sil, Syntec, Ethereal, Halo. I don't know what some of these are, but those are all ones that potentially have this flaw. So look in the notes if you have one of these machines, because <laughs> you could also crash your machine, unfortunately. Good. Well, I hope you get that Autodesk. <laughs> trophy and uh like a trophy we'll see you next week yeah see you bye (laughs) it just just keeps going just keeps going (laughs)